Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is the Green Ghost. The, okay, the <laughs> the Green Ghost. I overdosed on legal cannabis yesterday. <laughs> And now I'm a ghost. Now you're a ghost in the form of smoke. Yeah. That uh, seeps into the recording studio. It's <laughs> still a record for rewatchability. No, it's Rob. Oh, hey, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, the same amount of high as usual. <laughs> <laughs> we should say that we're recording this the day after cannabis was made legal in Canada. Yeah, that's right. So finally, Rob can now tell everyone that he smokes pot. Well, I mean... Which he's never done before never, on this podcast. Never. Well, I mean, I still don't want anybody to know, you know, because I n- might need to cross the border at some point. But <laughs> other than that, yeah. you know, this is October, right? Yeah. And This, this know, is a Halloween podcast. We talk about scary movies. And I think this is like the ultimate reefer madness movie. Oh, yeah. No, I did notice that when rewatching the movie. Because Craig T. Nelson <laughs> rolls a joint and then everything goes fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie is I'm just like at the end of the movie they just wake up and they're like wow that was a crazy trip we had last <laughs> night I think our weed was laced with something anyway did we're... you did that in formaldehyde or something <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the poltergeist that's why we're here right they're Sorry? here we're here 
I was trying to do like a poltergeist. Oh, like you're, you're like the... Heather O'Rourke. <laughs> yeah. You're like the little girl. I was, I was a little girl for that a was second. Good. That Thank was you good. very much. I sounded you really like channeled one. her. I, I thought so. I appreciate it. Of course, I... if you wanted to channel her, you'd need a Ouija board. Oh, God. We're already into the <laughs> yeah. horrible darkness that, well, this that is surrounds a... this movie. This is a cursed movie. Like, I don't even know why we're talking about it. Because we want to be cursed ourselves, apparently. Like, anyone that talks about it just follows people around. Yeah. Like the curse of Macbeth. You're not supposed to say that in a podcast studio. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to say serial in a podcast. Yeah, I think that's the that's the one. But before we get into Poltergeist, the 1982 version, not to be confused with the the much non lauded 2015 right. version. 1982 version. We're going to say thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for giving us one, three, five dollars mm-hmm. at different spending levels. Per month, you get different things. At uh, the $3 level, you get the podcast early without commercials. No No commercials commercials at all. And then at the $5 level, you get a free whole podcast a month. This month, it was The Fly. Yeah, David Cronenberg, Canadian. Very fucked up movie. Yeah, exactly. It was good. I had a lot of fun talking about it. Me too. So I hope Patreon supporters like it too. So if you want to give, you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability. Yeah. And if you give us enough money, we'll cleanse the evil spirits from your house. Yeah, we'll be like that actor in Poltergeist 2 that came on set and like yeah. cleared everything. We can't get any of your kids back? <laughs> no, no. We're, we don't we work for social services. No. <laughs> I'm in from ghosts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> and let's not forget our screening oh. at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival. Oh, we almost always forget. This almost. Is, this is a great opportunity to see Shaun of the Dead the on, the, on, the, <laughs> on the big screen. It's one of my fave movies, so I can't wait to see it on the big screen. Yeah. And it started the whole Cornetto trilogy, which is amazing. And mm-hmm. we're going to be there 7 p.m. November 3rd at Hot Docs. It's going to be great. It's going to be fun. We're going to have lots of trivia, and there's going to be some drinking, and it's going to be just a a grand old time. Yeah, and it's part of the larger Hot Docs Podcast Festival, which is full of great podcasts, and you should check out. Yeah, I can't wait. There's some really cool panels that we're going to check out, too. Yeah, and LeVar Burton is reading one night. That's awesome. I just want to meet LeVar. Yeah, to be as disappointed as Donald Glover in Community. When yeah. he like meets him, he's like, "No, I love being disappointed." <laughs> no, that all sounds great. All and sounds if you love being disappointed, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so let's get into it, Rob. Did you ever see Poltergeist when you were younger? I it was or on you... the movie network and TBS a lot, and I think I caught like whole bunches of it, but I don't think it was something I ever watched all the way through. Right. Like I distinctly remember the ending. And I remember the beginning, and I remember some (laughs) things in between. Okay. But uh, maybe I repressed it. Like a poorly told story, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, like, I think a little bit later, it seemed kind of lame. Because, you know, I think because, yeah, like, we we mentioned there is a curse around this movie, which they even did a whole, I think it was an E! True Hollywood story Did you watch some of that? For I the podcast? I definitely watched some of that for the podcast. Well, okay. It's well, pretty fun. We'll get I hope there. we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it seemed a bit hokey, you yeah. know, with the curse and, you know, everybody dying. And it's produced by Steven Spielberg. And it has Coach in it. That made me <laughs> – I just – it's like, yeah. why would a scary movie have Coach in it? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't give it much uh, attention, which is kind of why I wanted to watch it for the podcast this week so I could give it its proper due. I think it's hard to the lay Exorcist, it to rest. <laughs> the Exorcist was also a big movie dealing with kind of the same themes. Yeah. A family, around, though that's possession, and this is kind of like possession of a house, I guess. Yeah. 
but still like the taking of a daughter almost. And yeah, it's a good in point. Different, in different things. They're were very you, similar. Were you an Exorcist fan when you were a kid? Is that why you didn't watch the Poltergeist, or did you know you didn't? Know? No, All right. no. There's like a lot of horror movies out there, and the things that attract us to them are usually like either the premise or the right. stars. And you know, I wasn't really excited by Craig T. Nelson. And Not as a young boy, you weren't like, yeah, that's the hero we need. Yeah, and no? I think like the other thing is is that this movie doesn't have like it does have like the iconic images that are associated with it, like the little girl at the TV, the yeah. house collapsing in on itself, but like the monster as it's manifested, the beast yeah. they call it isn't an iconic sort of character. There's no like Freddy or Jason or yeah. like easily identifiable evil. Now in the second one they try to do that. They give it like, you know, an evil cult leader right. played by Julian Beck of the Living Theater. Ooh, <laughs> experimental theater. <laughs> We're going to take apart some classics and do them in a fucked up way. Naked and swearing. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. But what about you, Blaine? Did you see this movie? Yeah, my mom. Did this keep you up at night? (laughs) My mom was a fan of this movie. I think she thought it was pretty frightening. So when I was old enough, I definitely saw it. I think we had it on video. Wait, your your mom would show you frightening movies? I think when I was old enough, yeah. I remember begging to see Alien 3, and that was like a bridge too far. Like, she wouldn't let me see Alien 3. But right. I think this type of movie, because it didn't involve any, like, someone, like, getting a second jaw through their forehead. It was like, <laughs> it was fine, you know? So she, she let me see this and some other horror movies. I stuff. don't know what about Alien is more, like, horrific than Poltergeist. Like, I think that has the same potential for horror and terror and, like, you know, grotesque things. Yeah. Like, I I kind of didn't... I don't like clown dolls, and I was like, maybe it's from this movie, or maybe it's just from me being a human being, because they're the (laughs) freakiest things on the planet Earth. But, yeah, so maybe I was scared by this movie, but probably not. I do remember seeing it. I remember the there here moment, the static on the TV... But I, I remember it very vaguely, so I must have been either really young and watching it maybe like on the stairs when I wasn't allowed to watch it. Right. Or I had just kind of watched it and not paid attention to it and uh, and, and skipped over it. Though I'm so glad we rewatched it because there's so much in this movie that I really love and yeah. that I enjoyed. And that oh. I, I, um, especially in the direction, which it's a toss up who directed it. Uh, yeah. Well, that's one of the sort of infamous controversies of the, yeah. of the film, mm-hmm. you know. That it is supposedly directed by Tobe, Toby, Tobe yeah, Tobe, Tobe, Tobe Hooper, Hooper yeah. uh, who famously directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, but it was produced, and a lot of people sort of say, sort of de facto directed by Steven Spielbergo. Right? Yeah, his original name, Spielbergo. <laughs> he changed and it for Hollywood, man. He, he really sold out. He couldn't uh, apparently direct this or be credited for directing this because he was also doing fucking E.T. at the same goddamn time. (laughs) This guy, Steven Spielberg, is such an asshole. (laughs) Not only does he have to make, like, one of the best movies ever, he has to make another one at the same time. (laughs) Well, they're kind of similar in a lot of ways, too. It's true. Right? Yeah, and originally... 
his sort of vision of it was sort of like a darker horror based ET. Like instead of like a cuddly alien that eats Reese's pieces or whatever. Right. Is it Reese's pieces? It's Reese's pieces, yeah. Okay. I didn't want to screw it up, get M and M's breathing down my neck. <laughs> You're right. That yellow M and M. Oh man. I've seen enough of that guy. Tough negotiator. But and they're yeah. sort of similar too, because they both are very like family based. They both have like a great mom character and sort of mm-hmm. focus the story on like the mother child relationship. Yeah, very like Baba Duke. Have you seen Baba Duke? No, I didn't see Baba Duke because oh. uh, I don't believe in female directors. <laughs> no, you can't say that on this podcast. <laughs> no, and you shouldn't believe that in life. There Rob. aren't any. I read a thing that this guy said on the internet where he's like, he'd love to work with female horror directors if there were any, but there aren't any, so he can't. That's that's horrifying. And so, therefore, the Baba Duke doesn't exist. <laughs> well, that guy seems like a stand-up person. That. That shouldn't have been taken down on, <laughs> on Twitter by hundreds of people. Yeah, I think he said it's apologize. But anyway, the uh, but um, no, I didn't see Babadook. Yeah, well, it's kind of like it's 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 a it's a little similar in terms of the it is a very much mom child scenario mm-hmm. where it's like the moms trying to save their their children after when their children are being kind of taken away from them, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. Also, uh, the Exorcist. Also, the Exorcist. So, do you want to get into the the kind of the plotting of this movie? Yes. Okay. Rob's rundown. Because it sort of starts with. Is it the Star Spangled Banner? Is that what it's it is? Called? Well, it's the sign off of, of TV. In yeah, the that's right. Yeah. They always used to play the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah. Before it, they went to static. Yeah. Well, they a long time ago, they used to have that racist image as well. Oh, really? The color tone with the, you know. Indian person. Oh, really? Yeah. You put air quotes up there for people. I did. Yeah, I okay. did. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I never saw that one. Yeah, that was like the, in the fifties kind of thing. It's a really interesting sort of starting point, though. Mm-hmm. That particular song, this particular like image, it sort of like sort of sets you up to wonder like what sort of comment this is making about America. Yeah, in nineteen eighty-two. Yeah. <laughs> But we see the static, and then the little girl comes downstairs, and she starts talking to the TV. First, there's this whole great little bit of directing, which we don't know if it's it's Tobe. Why doesn't he have a Y on the end of his name? I don't know. Well, I I guess that's just his name, and maybe you shouldn't be judgy about people's names. He has like an E after the B, but there's no umlaut above the E to make us say Toby. But I feel like it's Toby. You know what? I feel like this guy has gotten enough grief from people (laughs) over this movie. Now you want to like give him grief over his name? It's Blaine's funny names. It's the it's that segment back again. No, it's Blaine's offensive names. Okay, it's Blaine being offensive against Tobe Hooper. Well, I'm sorry, Tobe. The late Tobe Hooper. Oh wow! Yeah, he died. I think last year. Well, then I'm just being crazy and sensitive all over the place. That's right. He does this great bit of of directing right at the beginning, following this dog. From, like, going to everyone's bed and, like, stealing mm-hmm. the chips and all that stuff yeah. and waking up the young girl. A prominent product placement for Lay's there. <laughs> yeah. I think they gave him a whole sponsorship deal, that dog. <laughs> the dog is rolling the Lay's for the rest of his life. <laughs> ruff, ruff, they're here. <laughs> 
<laughs> God, the worst product placement. I love that. It was huge. <laughs> you never saw those commercials? Weird. But this movie, I mean, is like all about the product placement. It's yes. almost like one particular thing. It's almost like Steven Spielberg has like a friend who like does this franchise. It's like a space fantasy thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, we get that in almost the next scene. She's watching the TV. She starts talking to the TV and wakes everyone up in mm-hmm. the house. Yeah, and Dag Craig T. Nelson is just like passed out on the Chesterfield. Yeah. Probably too many brewskis. Yeah, I don't know if brewskis is his thing, as we'll discover oh, yeah. later in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's more Canadian than American, I think. Hello? What do you look like? So they're all a little creeped out that she's talking to the TV, yeah. but... Nothing too weird. I mean... It's nothing too weird. She's a little kids girl. Kids have imaginary friends. Did you have an imaginary friend? I, I thought you were my imaginary friend. <laughs> no, I just visit you when you get too high and talk about <laughs> movies. You're really there? <laughs> I'm a real person, Rob. I've been telling you that since we started this. God damn it. Anyway, so... She so she's yeah she's not like so creepy still within the bounds of normalcy yeah and they think that she's like sleepwalking don't they yeah a little bit because the mother sleptwalked when she was a kid right and so we go into their lives a little bit yeah we see like a little bit of the neighborhood it's like new construction right it's like all these new houses yeah it's a development Craig T Nelson is like one of the big salesmen for this development mm-hmm. and he also lives there with his family yeah so it's all like part of one big lot. Yeah, yeah. And it's newly constructed, which comes into the plot later. Yeah. And he's putting a pool in, so there's some construction workers around. And this is how you know it's in the 80s, because the construction workers, you know, verbally assault the young daughter in this family. Blaine. And... Blaine. What? That could be that could be yesterday. <laughs> it's true. I have literally true. walked down the street past a line of construction workers, and they're like... Hey, honey, would you like some fries with that shake? And I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> no, I mean, it still does happen. the drive-in. I think there is, like, a culture yeah. of that still. And it's, like, oh, fucking for weird. Sure. Like, yeah, no, there's that video in New York where the woman's, like, walking down. Uh, she, like, records all the reactions. Just her just, like, walking on the street. Everyone, like, sucking their teeth at her and stuff. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that's totally, I mean, yeah, it's totally gross. And yeah. catcalling is not cool. And, Blaine, you should stop. <laughs> I only do it to you, Rob. <laughs> but seriously, do you want fries? I would like some fries. Okay, that'd be good. Yes. Yeah, no, it's creepy and gross that they it do is. that. It's just you don't see it in movies. What I'm saying is you don't see it in movies so much anymore. I'm it's, sure it happens in real life, but I think our art has moved to the point where we're like, we want this to not happen anymore, so we're not going to show it in our art. Well, I think it still happens in movies and things, but it's always shown to sort of show that – the girl is being right. harassed. Like, yeah. Know, just like, yeah. There's no point suck, in the story. You know, There's no. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a big part of like how it sucks being a woman, I think. Right. Yeah. And and we don't, I mean, they don't use this in the movie. It's just kind of like, this is the culture and that's it. And what what's weird uh, about it is that the mother in this scene kind of sees that happening. and Does and nothing. Does nothing. It's just like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> My daughter's growing up. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. It's, that's how she met Craig T. Nelson. Oh, God. He was, <laughs> he was like, you want fries? She was like, yes. 
That's awful. That's I hope that's not how they met in this movie. No, Jeez. no, I think I think it's better. We as we get to know the family, we like sort of get to see a little bit of their personalities. Like there's the little girl who we've already mentioned, Heather O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. She's like sweet, and there's the boy Robbie. Yeah, bad choice with that <laughs> suffix on your name, dude. People are not going to respect you. No, no, you have to go with just Rob. Go right? with Rob. Go with Robert. Go with our dog. <laughs> no. Don't go with our no, dog. No, please don't do that. Were, were you ever called Robbie? Did no. anyone ever call you Robbie as like a power play? I don't – I wouldn't – no. Because <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't handle that well. No. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. But this kid is like – he's so nervous. He's like scared of everything. In particular, there's this like gnarly tree outside of his bedroom window. Yeah. And also a clown that he apparently—I guess he just likes it sitting on his chair because he doesn't move it even though it scares the shit out of him. Well, I mean, I kind of get that because you don't want to, like, touch the things that scare you because they're creepy. I wouldn't want to touch a clown doll. Just, just leave it alone. But why does he <laughs> have a burn clown it with doll? Fire. Why not just say, hey, mom, I'm not feeling the clown? <laughs> I don't want to touch the clown. I'm not feeling it emotionally. This is not good. Instead, Take he throws like a jacket with a chewy patch on the back. Well, that's because he has Star Wars sheets on he, his bed. He has everything Star Wars. <laughs> he is the most like privileged kid in the world because he gets this is 1982. This is like three years after Star Wars, and he has yeah. every bit of Star Wars merchandise. His parents have spoiled him. No wonder he gets poltergeisted. He deserves it! <laughs> the poltergeist is like a response to his affluence? Yes. So, okay. Or jealousy over having all that Star Wars swag. <laughs> the poltergeist is like, I didn't have Star Wars swag. I oh, want your Star Wars sheets. It's so, like, obtrusive, like, throughout the movie. Like, yeah, I, like, I get it. Like, it was part, a huge part of the American culture at the time. And, you know, like, we know how much Star Wars sort of impacted the culture. Ronald Reagan, who Craig T. Nelson was reading a book about while rolling a joint. <laughs> yeah. You know, Star even Wars, named yeah. his thing after Star Wars. Yeah, so it was a yeah. huge thing. But at the same time, <laughs> his like... thing is... <laughs> It's like star defense system. His <laughs> thing. He named, you know, he named uh, his thing after Star Wars. But like later on, when Chewbacca. like the mom is like looking for the little girl, and she goes into the kids' room and fiddles with the light, and there's some sort of like really big obtrusive C-3PO faceplate on it. Right. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah, and like a little note attached to it, being like, "You can get this at Consumer Depot." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great, that's cool. I can buy that. George Thanks, Lucas movie. is like. Stephen, do you think that you could feature some of these products in your movie? I just, you know, we're doing a big merchandising push before Empire, and, you know, we'd really like to get these new things out there. Yeah, and Stephen's like, yep. <laughs> no problem, George. Can you put an E.T. in Return of the Jedi? <laughs> probably there. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's probably there. Yeah, so they're rolling a joint at night. They're having a good time. Yeah. Uh, the son is afraid, comes into the bedroom. <sighs> You know, uh, there's, there's. Some... I like that the mom takes like one last toke before <laughs> she sucks it out. Too. Like, she yeah, sees, she sees the kid. She's like, oh my god. I like this mom. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, she's played really well. Acted very well. Yeah, Joe Beth Williams is her yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, does, does a good job and is put through the ringer in this movie. Oh, it's yeah. At some points, I felt like really bad for the actress. Yeah, because. Yeah. This is like Kubrick isn't directing this. Just take it easy. Yeah. You know? 
You don't need to do the whole shining thing. And just think, it was Steven Spielberg, the beloved, like, father of commercial pop cinema, you know? <laughs> yeah, or it was Tobe. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit easier to believe with the Texas, <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, so they first kind of, like, get this weird, permanent, like, o- ominous stuff when the, like, the table and the chairs start to move around. That's well, kind I, of like... First, I think a specter-like hand comes out of the television and right. the little girl sees it, Carol Ann. Yeah. And it, like, singes the uh, wall above their bed. Yeah. But yeah. then, yeah, like, all this, like, weird shit starts happening. Like, the chairs start moving on their own. What I love about that is that I think in any other horror movie, the characters would just be freaked out and be like, okay, let's move the hell out of here. But since it's because like, it's because Craig T. Nelson's job is owning this house kind of thing, they can't really move too right. readily from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, which is great. I love that as a plot point. And the fact that Joe Beth Williams, like, loves the chair trick. Where the chairs are moving, like it seems creepy, creepy at first. Like it's very like Sixth Sense with like all the cupboards opening in yeah. the room. Yeah, uh, and it was done in one shot, just like Sixth Sense too. Where I you... mean, that's what makes it creepy because you know they don't cut away. Exactly. How did they do that? Yeah, and I can't remember a movie before this doing that. To... I'm, I'm sure lots of. I, I'm sure they did, but I, it works so well in this movie, and and I and I love it. And she she loves it too. She's like not creeped out at all. She's like, I'm going to put my daughter in a helmet. In this, like, circle so that she can be, like, catapulted down the floor. That's bad parenting. (laughs) If CPS comes by and sees you, you know, sliding your kid across the floor with some paranormal stuff, they will take your child. (laughs) Oh, that's, like, the opposite of helicopter parenting, right? Which we know is bad. You can't let ghosts babysit your kids. She does for most of this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I That's mean, a she, good point. She does try to get her back, but those ghosts are really doing a lot of babysitting for a long time. It's true. So what I didn't realize and what I didn't remember from this movie is that the kid is taken so early in this movie. Yeah. It basically, like, ramps up. There's all this paranormal shit. And then, like, the kids are in bed. The boy is looking out the window at his creepy tree. Yeah. And, like... This part, like, kind of affected me because I had a creepy tree outside my window. No, I'm serious. I thought it looked like it looked what? like a man had, like, been turned into a tree while thrusting his arms up to the heaven, and those became the branches. And, like, you could see a gnarl that was, like, his open mouth screaming in terror. Jesus Christ. That's horrible. Yeah. Isn't, like, one of the... Oh, no, it's just, like, the kids get turned into little wooden dolls in uh, Ernest. Ernest, Ernest Also very creepy. Yeah. But this tree, like... you had that outside your window as a kid. I was horrified, yeah. Did did you have nightmares of it, like, eating you? Like, it eats the kid in this movie? Why are you bringing this back up? Did you have nightmares of it breaking through the window? It's... it's Mom! Horrible, barky branches (laughs) coming in and strangling you. Stop it! (laughs) It's, like, creepy, though. Also, yeah, like, it, it reminded me a bit of Evil Dead. Like, it's totally <laughs> Evil Dead. Who did it first? I think, I think the, I don't know. I don't but know. We should look that up. In a full circle moment, Sam Raimi, I think, helped produce the remake of Poltergeist. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, because I think he produced the remake of his own movie before that, and it was kind of a success. 
Yeah. So they were like, oh, you can do that. Do it on ours. Give them somebody else's. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like seriously going to suck that kid into the army of darkness. There's like a big <laughs> vortex. I know. It's the like, whole flies thing. Back. Yeah. But, uh, that would have been a movie. That, that would have been a great movie. A little crossover. He lands ashes there. Yeah. But great. instead, like, you know, as he's like almost entirely eaten by the tree. Yeah. Craig T. Nelson, you know, opens a window and manages to like pull him out. Yeah, well, he he climbs into the tree as it's kind of like gnarly. yeah, and I love the the stunt work in that is great because when they fall from the tree, they both hit a branch and then hit the ground. It it looks so sloppy and and like it really really hurt the stunt people. Yeah, walk it off, kid. Yeah. That's coach. <laughs> yeah, that's co- that's coach. We had a great coach and a great dad. <laughs> so it looked just really great because the stunts were were pretty great for that scene. Yeah, uh, and I and you wouldn't I don't think get that with CG. I don't know. No, it for just sure. looks sloppy. And, and meanwhile, the little girl Carol Ann, had, her like closet has opened up and is like sucking everything in. Yeah, all the Star Wars sheets and like it's mine now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have the coolest sleepover. <laughs> and you're invited to Caroline. <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, this little girl gets sucked in the closet. All the beds are kind of like against the door. It's it's kind of cool. They have like those rotating rooms to right. film all these all these sets on, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, did did you see some of that stuff? It just looked like scenes? that because when like, like that later Christopher on, Nolan Inception shit. Yeah, yeah. Like later on when Jo Beth Williams is like assaulted. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the ghost, she gets like yeah, she's like crawling up the wall, and it's like clear that it's just gravity. It's not. Yeah, yeah she's not suspended <laughs> by anything. So yeah, that that, that, st- that stuff's pretty cool. And I thought kind of a stroke of genius in terms of designing this movie. Yeah, um, but then. So their daughter is disappeared, and she's gone. She's just, they can't find her. They go in the closet. They just find a blanket covering the clown doll. Oh, yeah. That's the freakiest one where they, like, see her unmoving body, take off the blanket. Their reaction is weird to me because I, right? w- I would have been very, very relieved to find my little girl there underneath the blanket where she might have been hiding the entire time from the, whatever horrors were going on with that tree. But instead, they they uncover it, and it's a clown, like the freaky clown. And I was like, ah. And they were like, oh, thank God. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, the the mom starts laughing. Yeah. It's like, obviously something fucking creepy is going on. The tree just attacked your one child. Maybe this isn't the time for a giggle fest. Yeah, she's still high, though. Oh, shit. She's like, like, oh, man, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but that clown freaks me out, man. What is this shit? (laughs) This is the poltergeist OG. Oh, shit. (laughs) But so they are, like, not even phased by their daughter's disappearance. Yeah. They are, like, totally cool with it. Well, they're going to check the other rooms, and that's going to be fine. They're going to find the daughter there, but then they they don't. And the young son is like, oh, I found her. And he's standing in front of the TV, and we hear that kind of, like, Doppler effect. Yeah. Like, mom. (laughs) (laughs) She's being driven through the room really fast. Yeah. Uh, I think what it is is that they record her voice and then like play it backwards while playing her voice forwards again over it or something like that. Oh, interesting. Because it's like like the sound of like a reverse reverb. Yeah, Yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to the crazy poltergeist stuff in this movie to all the crazy stuff that happened behind the scenes in this movie which I only knew a bit of it. We got to talk about the curse. We got to talk about the curse. We'll be back to talk about that after this break. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. We're rewatchability. We're talking about the poltergeist, not the stupid 2015 one, the 1982 one. Is it the poltergeist or just... A poltergeist. Some poltergeists, which is the sequel. That's what the sequel is called. I think it's called Poltergeist 2. Oh, okay. I, don't know. I thought they went the aliens route, but no. no. Some poltergeists no. would have been lackluster. There is an aliens poster in the uh, on the wall oh. that the kid has. Really? Aliens? I know. I thought like that's like a little bit adult Yeah. for this. Yeah. The Slave Leia poster was a little too adult for him. That yeah. Was, that was too much. I think that was Craig T. Nelson's. <laughs> Uh, so their their daughter's missing. This happens pretty early in the movie, and they go. They don't go to the police. No, they mostly just like life goes on. <laughs> it's like yeah, my daughter's living in the TV now. She won't come out. You know, kids. It's weird that they think that that's good. Like it's a good sign that she's in the TV. I would think that that would maybe be even worse than not knowing where she is because she's in another plane, not just like. Missing in the world. Yeah. And do I believe in another plane? No. So that would, like, make my whole head spin. Uh, not exorcist style, but, like, you know. Right. But she's, world like, view style. they're really blasé about it. So they get these paranormal investigators. They look yeah. up in the yellow pages, paranormal yeah, they, investigators. It's not Ray. No. Or any of the Ghostbusters. Well, this predates the Ghostbusters. Mm. The Ghostbusters probably took their ideas from this thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's like four of them, three of them? There's like three of them. There's one who looks like Killian Murphy for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy He's who hates creepy. his own face. He hates his own face. Yeah. And then there's a woman named Dr. Lesh. Yeah. And another dude. Yeah. Who's, I mean, one one letter off from what she truly is in this movie. She she breaks out the alcohol from a flask pretty early. <laughs> oh, does she? <laughs> yeah, in this movie. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and the, the mother, Jo Beth Williams, is like, uh, do you want a glass for that? And she's like, no. <laughs> what? God, no. Do you want to get high? <laughs> we got some more poltergeist OG. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> they were smoking poltergeist, and it was an indica. Come on. Yeah. That's uh, why he was passed out. <laughs> that's some marijuana. Yeah. Know, speak for you. Yeah, that's don't indulge. <laughs> that's some American humor. Yeah, you know. So they come. They try to like gauge what's happening in the house. I like how the parents are very cool with it. The whole thing that's happening in their house. They're like, "Oh, the lights will flicker. Don't worry about that." Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, we haven't seen very much activity. Like one time, a car got put across the the room. We've seen some shit. We've investigated a lot of activity, and we've yeah. seen movements of whole feet. <laughs> and they open the door of the room, and it's like everything's flying around. There's like records flying around, being played with like a, you a know, mathematical a compass. compass. Yeah. 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 Very that doesn't weird. work. <laughs> no, there's you a need weird like to resonate the sound. There's a weird like docking lamp 
thing going on. It's like vaguely sexual. Yeah. I don't know. Like this poltergeist has taken over the room. It's yeah. like when your cousins come to visit and your mom <laughs> makes you sleep on the couch and you're like, come on. <laughs> they throw your shit everywhere. Yeah. They scratch your records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it's them that tells them that they have a poltergeist. It's not just a ghost. Right. It's poltergeist. It's not a haunting. It's a poltergeist. Hauntings are like more benevolent. They last longer over periods of time, whereas a poltergeist can come and go really quick. Yeah, and a haunting is usually like associated with a person. Yeah. Not with like a place. Yeah, and I I kind of wish that in the movie the paranormal investigators were like, you know, it's a good thing you have a poltergeist because it's going to be gone real quick. But they kind of say that it's a bad thing as well. And then Joe Beth Williams is like, no, that's a horrible thing because my my daughter is probably going to go with them uh, wherever the poltergeists go. Yeah. So we need to solve this. So it kind of puts a ticking clock on it, which is kind of nice mm-hmm. in this movie. We need to solve it in a certain amount of time. So they, they start breaking out the big guns. Yeah. They like sleep over. They, <laughs> Getting to know everybody. You know, <laughs> becoming part of the family, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, breaking out some brewskis, watching yeah. the big game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was the disappearance of your daughter that brought us here, but we yeah. really feel like we've become your kids. <laughs> The family is like, who are we being haunted by more? The poltergeist and these like investigators. They eat all our food. Get them and out of here. And they keep changing the channel on my daughter. <laughs> yeah. This isn't the time for laughing. Well, that was the other thing. Like, I felt like maybe that the channel changing would come back in the movie where they were trying to find the daughter, and then the next door neighbor was it clicking through channels. Oh yeah, they, he gets her on her TV. Yeah, or TV? or like he's changing the channels on their TV so they can't talk to their daughter when they need to, and it like. Click. And it, like, becomes a bigger thing. And I was like, that's a great setup. And then it never came back in the movie. I was like, that's too bad. Yeah, or they change the channel and she, like, appears in, like, episodes of Columbo or whatever's on TV. (laughs) Help, help! Just one more thing. This is, like, the straight-to-TV version of the Poltergeist. (laughs) Just hopping, like, with Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Being like, I don't know why I'm here. Snap, Crackle, Pop, help me! She's, like, drowning in milk. Eventually, they get scared off because, like, yeah, the Killian Murphy guy, you know, goes into – first he, like, goes into the bedroom and he gets, like, bite marks on his torso. Yeah, yeah. And then he has this, like, sort of illusion dream nightmare thing where he, like, goes in the bathroom and starts, like, ripping open his own face. <laughs> and then he's like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to go back to my old job at the Subway Sandwich Place. <laughs> the pay is better. Yep. Less poltergeist, not no poltergeist, I get but to, less poltergeist. You know what? And I get to be an artist, a sandwich artist, a sandwich artist. Whereas here, this is not this is not art. No, this is, this is horrible. I just get to pull apart my face. So they bring in some yeah. of the big guns here. That's when they bring in Fitzgerald. Uh, no, no, Zelda Morrison, Zelda Rubenstein, Rubenstein. Yeah, oh my God. what's her name? Tangina. <laughs> Tangina. Tangina? I I think that is her name. I think it's like those fizzy drinks that you get in Italian soda places. That's what I meant. (laughs) It's a weird name, though. Yeah. And she's like a peculiar character because she is a a little person. Yep. And she has like this really sort of strange air about her, you know, and she's supposed to be like like this psychic. Yeah. It's like very high-pitched voice, but it's it's soothing. It's like a soothing high-pitched voice. It's very weird. It's yeah. breathy. Yeah. There is no death. It is only a transition to a different sphere of consciousness. Caroline is not like those she's with. 
She is a living presence in their spiritual earthbound plane. They're attracted to the one thing about her that's different from themselves. Her life force is very strong. It gives off its own illumination. It is a light that implies life and memory of love and home and earthly pleasures. She's the person who has, like, the connection to the spirit world. Yeah. You know, and she seems to know how to go about getting the poltergeist or whatever to sort of move away from the daughter. Kind of. She kind of <laughs> seems like she's not great at her job, and maybe she's full of shit, but, like, yeah. you can't really tell. Because at first she's like, she'll only listen to the mother's voice. And then the mom's like, hey, Carol Ann, Carol Ann, where <laughs> time, are you? Time for dinner. Rings <laughs> the triangle. Then she's like, okay, get the dad to yell at her. He's like, what? I don't yell at the kids. Tell him that you'll spank them. I don't spank the kids. <laughs> yeah, they're good parents. You know, I they know just... I mostly be in the background for this movie, but uh, I'm a pretty good dad if I have to say so myself, you know? <laughs> and you're making me say so. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. And then he yells he's going to spank her, and it's very awkward. But uh, yeah. Yeah, which is, I don't know, that's kind of, it's nice that it's awkward. <laughs> it's nice that he doesn't do that to his kids. They're, they're not, I'll beat the crap out of you! <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's very, You want another whooping? It's very natural. Oh, my God, they're whooping. Not, don't make me take off my belt! No, they seem to be pretty cool people. Like, they're smoking weed, but, like, they put it out when the kids are around, and they're there for their kids, even yeah. when they're, like, you know, trying to have a good time. That's like a lesson for all you Canadian parents out there. Yeah. Put your weed out when your kids come into your room. <laughs> this isn't a family thing. No. No, it's not family time. No. Um, no contact high for the kitties. No. <laughs> no. So, yeah, the the medium doesn't seem like she's the best medium, as you said, Rob, because she also – and I love that the movie doesn't shy away from comedy at times either when – She's when she's like the mother's like I should go in. She's like no, I'm the only one with <laughs> with the knowledge. I should do this. I'm the medium. And then the mother's like, well, I know my daughter, and I really want to do this. She's like, okay, you do it. She's like hands her the rope. The medium's like, you've never done this before. And then she's like, you haven't either. And she's yeah. like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, got a good point. <laughs> It's really funny, and there's a lot of little funny moments like that peppered throughout the film. Yeah, that kind of undercut the horror of the moment, or allow you to like allow you to laugh a little bit, so you can get back into it. I don't know. I thought I found that like particular moment a little bit distracting. Yeah, though, okay. like it definitely does play into her character because yeah, they got this whole thing where like there's the portal, yeah. and they're gonna like. First, they have to test it by throwing tennis balls, right? numbered tennis balls. They want to yeah. make sure it's the same tennis balls that came out. It's the guy's handwriting. Right. right? Yeah, you don't want it to be like a just coincidence. I thought that was a good detail. <laughs> and Why? Then, I think if any tennis ball came out, you'd be like, that's probably the tennis ball I threw in. Yeah, but if you threw in like one of those freaky orange tennis balls and then you got a green tennis ball back, you'd be like, what happened to my tennis ball? Well, they kind of got like a tennis ball back that was just covered in what we later come to know. Well, it's like in the Ghostbusters ectoplasm. Yeah, I know it's that stuff that makes you feel good. Put on some like Motown music, and yeah. you'll be bopping. Yeah, the ball will be just love bouncing all over the is place. Taking me higher. <laughs> Got a day with the Statue of Liberty, baby. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so there's that, and then they put the the rope through mm-hmm. uh, and try to kind of put the the mom into the portal. She'll find her daughter, and then she'll come out the the bottom. Yeah. 
Except, like, at, at one point, like, the medium starts telling her to, like, walk into the light. Yeah. And, like, all through this, they've been like, you know, yeah, like, the light, as usual, is, like, you know, heaven, heaven yeah. or whatever. And at one, they're mostly telling Carol Ann to stay out of the light. Mm-hmm. But they do, at one point, tell her to go towards it to, like, so that the demons, you know. Will follow will, her. That's yeah. right. And she'll be able to. Because they away. like her because of her life force. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of silly. I know. Also, like, like, why is this only happening to them? Like, (laughs) we later find out, and it's sort of foreshadowed because his boss takes him up onto the ridge, and he's, like, showing him where, like, the new housing development will be, and then there's, like, they turn around, and there's, like, a cemetery right behind them. Yeah. And he, he tells them they'll move the things, and, of course, you're, like... Boom, that's your problem. There's bodies under there. There's got to be bodies. It's got to be bodies. Yeah, well, he tells him the whole complex was built on a burial ground. And I was like, that's, that's you know, that's the spooky thing that kids tell each other. That, like, this thing was built on an ancient, like, Native American burial ground. Yeah. And, like, you're going to get haunted. That is fine for this movie. It's a stupid kind of thing, but it's the 80s, whatever. But the boss is saying that the construction project they can see from where they are was built on a cemetery and they moved all the bodies or whatever to a, a cemetery up the road and the cemetery behind them is also going to be moved to a cemetery up the road how many cemeteries are there in like one square mile of this town everything is cemeteries yeah well that's cemetery town <laughs> you don't want to you want to go in there <laughs> well unless that you're working in the mortuary services industry <laughs> right yeah it's a it's a killing <laughs> you'll make <laughs> good completing the joke with the beginning you'll make very Yoda <laughs> I like that but so yeah she goes back in and saves her daughter and then the medium's like this house is clean <laughs> yeah which is totally fucking not she's the worst medium she's not a great medium and she's more of a small that's what I, mm. <laughs> that was a terrible joke no that's I was going there so one of us had to make it but you know what because I did do a little bit of research on this person, I uh, Zelda Rubenstein yeah. was one of the very first like outspoken AIDS activists in the early oh, '80s. Amazing, and she like attended like the you know earliest AIDS rallies when everybody was totally stigmatized. So you know, and she and she got pretty like you know she became a star after this movie. Everyone knew her because of this movie. Is exactly, so. yeah, and she was, she did the voice of Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Really? Yeah, that's her. She's she's telling me to taste the rainbow. Yeah. I don't want to anymore. No, now you're like, that rainbow probably has ectoplasm in it. <laughs> You'll put a green Skittle through and get a red Skittle out. I don't know. <laughs> These Skittles are clean. <laughs> <laughs> what were they before? <laughs> God, Zelda. So the house is cleansed. They got their daughter back. Yeah. Everything is good. They didn't even get a priest. Why didn't they get a priest? I don't know. That's like because your first... Because they exorcisted it. Oh. That's why they didn't get a priest. <laughs> so... <laughs> They... Father Merrick, I'm busy! <laughs> I'm making the sequel over here. Um, What's that? You have a little girl with a possession? No thanks! <laughs> I'm done with that bullshit. I'm strictly condemning people who have abortions and the gays now. <laughs> oh, God. Religion, why? The, the horrible medium says the house is cleansed. Yeah, well, they, They've lived through a whole horrible episode. Yeah. And they say, okay, sure, we'll stay in the house. Well, they're packing up to leave. They're moving. They're they're moving, but they stay in the house another couple nights. That's crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, but their place isn't going to be ready, and the hotel, it's, they're, no, they're going to stay in the hotel. Ridiculous. That's a horrible call on Craig T. Nelson's part. 
I would, and Joe Beth Williams. Both fight. of their parts. Yeah. They are the adults. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I would think the first thing you do is is get out of that house. Yeah, get the hell out of Dodge. You don't want to be in that house anymore. Even if it's clean, I don't care. Bad memories. Well, I know. You know? Yeah. You're going to look around and be like, well, that's the, that's the closet that, like, ate my daughter. Yeah. You know? You're going to have bad memories. It's not good. What do you do? Like, can you imagine if you, like, moved into a place and then you found out that something horrible had happened there or that it was built on a burial ground or something like that? Did you ever live in a in a house or or heard somebody that lived in a place that was haunted? Well, okay, because I have a story too. My thing isn't it's not haunted, but it's kind of creepy because right. like I watched this movie last night and I watched it at my girlfriend's house and she just okay. moved into this new place, right? But she found out after she moved in that like the previous resident had passed away in like a tragic sort of way. Oh wow! So I didn't. Want to watch this movie with her? <laughs> it's a housewarming. Because, nice. like, you know, I don't believe in ghosts. No. But I do believe in the human ability to sort of project things. shit, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen ghosts. <laughs> so I know that it can do that. Right. That your mind can create that stuff. Exactly. Interesting. So I didn't want to, like, make my girlfriend's house haunted. Right. Did you watch it at her place? Yeah, but... <laughs> So you didn't want to, but you did anyway. Yeah, I, she didn't watch it though. I didn't tell her that it was about a haunted house. Okay, so you just you just watched it without her in her house. Yeah, sweet. All right. She was like unpacking. You're like, I'll be there in a second. <laughs> just gotta watch this little girl get kidnapped by a ghost. <laughs> yeah, I my mom moved into this place. She was an army brat. My grandfather moved around a lot for the army, and uh, my mom moved into this place at one point where the toilet would repeatedly flush. That's creepy. And then there was this one time where she walked into the kitchen and the carton of milk fell from the air and hit the ground in the kitchen and made a big mess. That's creepy. Yeah. So she said that there was like a poltergeist. But everyone talked about poltergeist after this movie, you know? It's true. I but think that, that was this... like before this movie, so. Well, all of these things sort of influence you and, mm-hmm. you know, get your mind sort of thinking. So yeah. like you're bound to if yeah. you – watch something like this, you you might see something. Exactly. I have seen a ghost. You have seen a ghost? That's it, not just a joke. No. When I was younger, my brother and I shared a room, and we both saw... Patrick it, Swayze. We both saw Patrick Swayze. Okay, sweet. <laughs> no, that we saw, like, a, a, a spectral sort of light sort of base sort of thing, and it moved throughout our room and, like, went out the window. Jesus. And throughout the years... You know, this was a long time ago, and I'm older now, and I'm a little bit more skeptical of, like, you know, what I perceived when I was a kid. Yeah. But the way that the rest of my family talks about it, the way that we talked about it, like, I sort of think that maybe something happened, you know? Yeah, there was a ghost. Like, it feels more real. Yeah. Like, the thing that gets me is that there's no ghosts on cameras, you know? And that there are, if there are, they can be explained away by light. Stuff like that. Like maybe you saw headlights in your room reflecting off something and there's no car that goes down that lane ever than it did that night, you know? No, there was cars that always went down the lane. It wasn't that. Okay. It was it was real. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was right. the ghost of my grandpa. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Thanks, you it, Blaine. You made it real personal. So you're saying that my grandpa didn't come back and say goodbye to me and my brother 
it was just some fucking headlights. Thanks a lot. You're saying I didn't need to concoct that story to feel good about Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I mean, I when I was a kid, I thought I saw something too. I was traveling through the States and, and I woke up in the middle of the night to see like a, a, a whitish figure sitting on the edge of my bed. Holy crap. Yeah, and then like I was like, that's cool. It's translucent. That's fine. I went back to sleep. And then when I woke up in the morning, I was like, no, that was weird. But I don't know if that was a dream or not. You know, it could be a lot of different things. Yeah, I hope uh, it was just a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope it was either a ghost or a dream. <laughs> so anyway, the end of this movie is is kind of the creepiest part because Joe Beth Williams is in this pool full of skeletons. Oh, my God. Yeah, like they're about to move out and like the fucking thing strikes again. I don't know how Craig T. Nelson went back to work. You went back to work after that? Your daughter was just saved and you go, ah, I got to. I think he had I to go formally day. quit. Oh, okay. So he had to go talk to his boss. Phone in. And then he comes back with his boss, I guess. <laughs> because after, like, I mean, yeah, the best scene of this movie is where everything goes fucking ape shit. Yeah. And, like, all the bodies start rising up out of the pool. And yeah. poor Joe Beth Williams is, like, yeah, in this, like, you know, brackish water with these skeletons Ooh, that are, like, you know. Use. Yeah. Just bobbing up and down, mm-hmm. like, flotsam and jetsam. <laughs> And then, like, coffins rise from the ground and open up, spilling out the remains of these people. And Spielberg likes to get, like, have a good skeleton falling out of a coffin scare. He loves it. He loves that. It's in, like, all of his movies. Don't go trick-or-treating at Steven Spielberg's house. Yes, you will get a full-size candy bar, but you will get scared by a skeleton coming out of a coffin. That'll be full-size, too. Yeah. You know, and that and that will full-size your terror. <laughs> it's not going to be nice. So, anyway, Craig T. Nelson shows up. He doesn't really do anything except yell at his boss, be like, you didn't move the bodies, did you? You didn't move them. Yeah, he just, like, basically has his Charlton Heston exposition moment. Yeah. You destroyed them all! <laughs> Soil and green! Yeah. It's people! Son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies, and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! Yeah, and he's kind of, that's kind of a bad, uh, if I was in that situation, I don't think I'd just be yelling at my boss. I think I'd be trying to save my entire family It's inside, yelling. Anyway, yeah, but jo- he Joe like Beth- really wants to stick to his boss. Yeah, you don't who, understand I mean, what it's like being a man in America. Who doesn't want to stick it to their boss? Yeah, you know? I, I hear you. I hear yeah. You. So Joe Beth Williams rescues the kids. She has like some scenes where it's very awkward. She's in that shirt and just underwear. Oh yeah, no, yeah. She's. I, I really like the like end of the movie actually because yeah. first like she has like the gray streak of hair that's appeared, yeah. which I think was really cool. And then she's gonna like dye her hair and take a bath. Yeah. And so she puts the kids down to bed. And, like, one thing is they have, like, a great bathtub. They are really going to miss that bathtub when they're gone. <laughs> they're going to be like, yeah, there was a poltergeist, but the bathtub. Oh, it's just, it was just, like, it was stretch out, you know. And there was a nice you incline so I could. Two people in oh, it, my God. You know, the Jets. Nelson. The Jets the were jets. very nice. We should sell hot tubs. Yeah. That's our, that's our new colleague. <laughs> yeah. She gets, like, a, a shirt on to, to blow dry her hair. I don't and know she's, why like, we're... lying on the bed and, like, the ghost or yeah. poltergeist or whatever essentially, like, Pulls up her shirt a bit, 
You yeah. know, so we see her like underwear and her like yeah, chest, midriff, and then yeah. like you know, it's like basically like sexually assaulting her, and then like yeah. pulls her up the ceiling. Yeah, and she has to pull constantly pull the shirt back down, which made me feel really awful watching that scene because it felt like the actress doing that and not the character. Yeah, because I don't know if I was the character in that scene and I was alone in a room and that was happening. I, I don't think I'd be worried about my nudity, but it felt like the actress was like, "This is going to be on screen," and I didn't sign on. Like it just felt. I, I, yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, possibly. I mean, I think the thing is that like that tone yeah. felt different than the rest of the movie. Like yeah. in Evil Dead, where you know there's like a very rapey sort of supernatural sort of yes, yeah, tree that happens. Yeah. yeah, like you know, it feels like part of a movie that is like that. Yeah, with this, the spirit doesn't seem to have like there's no like weird sexual element to it before no. that. No, it seems it's just like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it's a little weird. But at the same time, I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, the way that, like, fear manifests in people, like, women have to worry about their sexual well-being in a way that men don't. So, of course, the poltergeist to try to get at her would use that element if it has, like, that sort of consciousness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But she does save her kids. She does run outside. They get in the car. And the daughter, the other daughter, is what happens for most of the, like, a lot of the film is they just... Put the other daughter to a friend's house. They're like, yeah. Oh, we don't know how to like include you in the plot. Well, so she's you're like, going to go to a friend's house. She's older, so I think that she's spending a lot of time with boys. Yeah. Because she comes back with a hickey. Yeah. Right. And she's like, you know, and her mom would be pissed if their house just didn't collapse and go into another dimension. <laughs> you know, because she's not supposed to be seeing boys. No, she's supposed to be at a sleepover, but not with a boy. No, no. It's all right. He was a poltergeist, but a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. So he was yeah. fine. They take off and they go to a hotel. And the last scene is Craig T. Nelson taking right. the, the. The last scene is like the hotel guy being like, and if you need anything, I'm Norman. And if you want to talk to my mother, just. <laughs> this is Mrs. Bates. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Why? Before we end, we should talk about those creepy things that surround this film. They're not good things and they're not funny things. I mean, they've been sort of overblown because, like, yeah, there was like a big talk about like. The curse of the poltergeist. Yeah. And there are some like tragic things that sort of happened, like unrelated to this movie. The actress who plays the oldest daughter, Dominic Dunn, was murdered by her ex boyfriend Mm -hmm. shortly after the release of this film. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. And then the poor child actress, she also died of complications from like the flu. Yeah, or like like some sort of meningitis sort of yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. But After that was that was, was much later. She was twelve at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and then also Julian Beck from Poltergeist Two also yeah. died eventually. Yeah, I mean the true Hollywood story that I saw, I was like, oh, this is really sad and not done in any nice way. Them telling me about the two deaths of the of the daughters, but then they went on to be like, and then this guy died at sixty two, and I'm like, well, that's yeah, that's pretty old, and that was from <laughs> cancer. I don't know if well, that's like a curse. Now the curse has spread even further. <laughs> Zelda Rubinstein died. Yeah, the I, curse, probably of old age. Yeah, I mean, everyone after that was like really old, and but the the one paranormal investigator guy, he survived a plane crash that killed half the people on board. Holy so, shit! Really? So he in in the stupid documentary, the E True Hollywood Story, or whatever they edited it so it looked like he said. It was probably because of Poltergeist uh, when he didn't say that at all. It's, it's the worst hack job I've ever seen. But he's like, yeah, I mean, I have to think maybe sometime, and they edit that out, that it might be because of this movie or that people might think that. But uh, but he just got very lucky and survived a plane crash, uh, which, which doesn't happen to everybody. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but He's got to be, like, fearless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I survived Poltergeist in the plane crash. The other creepy thing in this movie, Annette, Joe Beth Williams didn't realize when she was filming it, and I think that's even more horrible, is that the bodies, the skeletons in the brackish right. water that you so rightly called brackish, they're, they're real. Yeah. They're actual human remains. Yeah, real human skeletons. And, and that's why the film is cursed. And that's why they say the film is cursed. I think that if I was Joe Beth Williams, they filmed that scene for five days. Five days she had to be in the water, in the mud, with those skeletons popping out everywhere. Oh, my God. I, I would have, like, given them names. <laughs> but she found out afterwards that they weren't rubber skeletons. And I would have been so upset <laughs> if I were her. Can you like, imagine? You put me with real freaking She's, dead like, people? at the rap party, and she's like, thanks, Mr. Spielberg, for making me sit in that pool with all those rubber skeletons. And he's like, <laughs> well, they were rubber. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay, I'm going to talk to my lawyer. Those were actual skeletons. <laughs> yeah, we uh, found a mass grave by the set, so we thought, let's save a few dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly, this isn't something that we directly address in the movie. <laughs> Being respectful to human remains. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, one of the people that said the in the Eat Hollywood story thing that said the curse was from that, they were like, but the message of the movie was really good, that we should just leave bodies alone. Because, and he was a medium that they talked to for Eat They Hollywood. belong in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> now they probably belong in their graves. Uh, oh, okay. And the whole, like, haunting a curse of digging up a body probably, like, probably links back to plagues that, like, the yeah. the bacteria and the viruses were still alive sure. in the bodies, so digging up a body could bring about another plague or another thing. So, Woo. yeah, and that would be a curse. So it was good that we had these superstitions before, but, yeah, we, you know, don't relocate graveyards. It's fine. Just leave them where they are. Well, you know, when we get buried in the ground, and first of all, like, a lot of people are talking about how it's not even ethical to be buried in the ground anymore because, right. A, we're running out of good old cemetery space. Sure. And also, like, I think it's not great because of the chemicals that they pump in us to yeah. preserve us for the funerals. Right. And then There's that seeps that, into yeah. the sort of ground. But, right. like, cemeteries, when your body gets buried, you're not there forever. You're just there for, like— Three, four hundred years tops until like all of your relatives and loved ones are also dead. Yeah. And then they can like take all your bones and put you in a charnel house or something, you know, an ossuary, you know, okay. like like one of those big old like Did you work in a in a graveyard. Why do you know all this? I'm just fascinated by death. <laughs> That's a weirder answer than working in a graveyard. Well, I mean, in Europe, they've already run out of cemetery places, so it happens, like, every couple hundred years. In North America, we are still in, like, one of the first few cycles for cemeteries, so we're not, like, digging up old graves and putting new graves on them as much. When I buried my grandmother, the funeral home director, or the the graveyard guy, I'm going to call him a graveyard (laughs) guy. That was his preferred term. Yeah, I think that's on his business cards. Uh, I'm Guy the Graveyard Guy. (laughs) My mom had bought like a couple of plots for her and my grandmother and my father to he was buried a, a while ago. So when she bought the plot for him, she bought the plot for, for them. And because of the space issues in the graveyard, the plot had accumulated in value. So they were like, you could sell the plot that you bought for a thousand dollars for like twenty thousand if you wanted to. Oh, shit, and I, I was like, get a plot. they're charging people twenty thousand dollars, like bury someone in like an urn. Like, it's it's expensive, and it's a racket, and I 
Yeah. I don't think I want to put that on people when I die. That's why I want to be buried naked under a tree. Any tree. <laughs> you got a tree in your backyard? Yeah, I don't. It's just, uh, no. But <laughs> I'll, one. You know, not any, On my corpse. Not any tree, Rob. Not any tree. Not the tree that was outside your window when you were a boy. Oh, my God. Do you think that's what happened to him? <laughs> Maybe. But I think you should put in your will... Bury me under any tree but that one. My that parents still live there. Yeah. I still see that tree every time I go back. Oh, my God. That's horrible. It's still horrifying. <laughs> what did you get from it when upon rewatching? Did you like any of the like the direction, the acting, any of that stuff stand out to you? There were some parts that I didn't love about it, and I don't think that I was like really able to immerse myself in it. I think that like this is a Steven Spielberg production. Right. And, like, it has a lot in common with E.T. Like, you see a little bit of it's from the child's perspective. But I sort of found, like, the characters really hard to connect with. They didn't... Rob, no. They smoke pot. I know. I, I like They're that chill. Part. But he's also reading about Reagan. They're cool, man. He's reading about the enemy, dude. I, it on. seemed like a book that was celebrating him. Yeah, it did, didn't it? Uh, coach. I don't know. I found it like hard to sort of get into like the characters and the sort of situation. And like there's just so much happening that if I found it hard to like follow any one sort of thing. But I think like there's so much like really great set pieces and scary like monster stuff. Like the 80s was like the pinnacle of all that stuff of practical effects. Yeah. And like they're really enjoyable to watch. Like when the kids getting like eaten by the tree, yeah. you're like Fuck, he's right in that fucking tree. Yeah, well, that was filmed in reverse. Was it? Yeah. yeah oh, pulled the kid out. Creepy. Yeah, it's really good. And I also liked that, I think I thought that Craig T. Nelson was going to be like the hero dad of this movie. And I'm <laughs> right. glad that he wasn't. Yeah. I like that he's just of, like in the background, kind it, of, it, for most of it. It kind of seemed a little forward, uh, forward thinking for a movie made in 1982 in some parts. Well, I think that Steven Spielberg really had like a, a, a moment where he, you know, was really great at doing these mom characters right. and, like, showing what they have to, like, you know, do right. to keep the family filmmaker. together. Yeah. Or, like, you know, saw his, like, wife have to, you know, deal with the kids and was like, you know, she just, like, does all of this while I'm off directing these movies and, uh, <laughs> you know, she's like a hero or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is how he apologized to his wife through these movies. Less she's good, not, like, but... a heroic character in herself. Like, she doesn't have, like, a high-powered career or she's not, like, doing no, heroic things. No, but she's terrified and and so terrified that she gets, like, a shock of white hair. Yeah. Uh, and she still saves her kids. I think is, is you know, the whole new superhero thing is that you're allowed to be afraid because that makes you even more courageous. Like, that was her. Well, she... I'm the most courageous of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she was great. Yeah. But, I mean, like, she's just no. a mom. But, yeah, so I think it's rewatchable. I would probably give it another watch in a little bit just to sort of, like, get more of, like, the details because there's a lot that is happening. But I also think that, like, in this, like, whole era of ghost movies, like, we've been watching a lot of supernatural movies. Like, some of it seems like we've seen it before. Like, you know, things come out of the closet. It's always closets, beds, and bathtubs. That's where freaky shit happens, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, those are, like, the vulnerable places. Right. You know, the bathtub, you're naked. The bed, you're asleep. You take baths naked? <laughs> I was just pair down to my uh, jeans and T-shirt <laughs> and hop into the my Canadian tuxedo. I just get into the, uh, yeah. into the bath. Let it join. <laughs>
Yeah. Put on a Guess Who record. And uh, pour some maple syrup in my hair to, to shampoo it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this movie is rewatchable. I really enjoyed rewatching it this time from when I was a kid. I missed a lot of things. I think it's a beautiful movie. Like, it looks really pretty. Right. The effects aren't so cartoony that it takes me away from it, like in Ghost. I kind of think the beast is cartoony. Like when they have that, like it's that skeleton sort of creature that's like looming out of the doorway. It looks like a Jim Henson Muppet. Well, it's the exact same creature that we see in Evil Dead Two that Ash has to fight at the end of that movie. (laughs) So it's like the exact same thing. It comes in through the door, the light behind it. it, It's kind of looks tree-like because they already had a tree assaulting someone. Yeah, it's very. I feel like they use the same. Anyway, I think that correctly, Donaldson did an okay job. I wish that uh, Joe Beth Williams was kind of everywhere after this movie. I really loved her performance in this. I thought it was very, very great and yeah. real and seemed off the cuff, but still very actorly. Yeah, well, she's had a good career. She's yeah. in lots of things. I thought the direction of it from the beginning till the end seemed very. Uh, Steven Spielberg-y, which only goes onto the side that Steven Spielberg directed this. But Tobe Hooper says he directed it all but in the all but one part. And that's when everyone got confused because he had Steven Spielberg direct some B-roll as producer because Steven Spielberg was on set. And he's like, we need to get our day. Can you direct these cars moving and like the thing outside with the guy on the bike? And Steven Spielberg was like, sure, I'll do that. And he's like, that's the only thing that Steven Spielberg directed. I directed the rest of it. And then Zelda said in an interview, she was like, I did five days on set and every day Steven Spielberg directed me. So there's some conflicting stories. But Steven Spielberg Spielberg has not chimed in from what I could find. Well, there was like a thing, like one of the original reasons that they thought that he did more of it was that he said something like – Tobe Hooper's not a go-getter sort of guy. So if somebody asks for something and he, it's not something that he knows the answer to, he'll sort of go quiet and then S- Steven Spielberg would have to like chime up and then would, would have get to. done. I'm, you know what? I'm sure he was just like, I just want to think about this for a moment. Steven Spielberg was like, I have the answer. We're going to do this. <laughs> but it was this total takeover of the set. Well, yeah. I mean, probably. I mean, it doesn't seem like an ideal sort of situation. Like no. Tobe Hooper was definitely more of a director for hire and, you know, when you're working with, like, somebody who was as big as Spielberg was. But I think he also corrected – he also s- sort of retracted what he said in an open letter and was like, yeah, Tobe's contribution was invaluable and this is very much – like Invaluable, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't think anybody is arguing that it was Tobe Hooper's vision. It was right. Steven Spielberg's vision as executed in part by Tobe Hooper. Yeah, because Steven, yeah, because Spielberg wrote up the treatment. He he wanted the script to be written by Stephen King. He had a meeting yeah. with him. King apparently wanted too much money, but mm-hmm. I, you know, he had that coke. <laughs> yeah, at that time he was you all up on the in Colombian white. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to say this movie is rewatchable. I think that it's a great entrance into the horror, exorcist, pulled like the, this type of movie. It's it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's spooky. Yeah, it's spooky. And, it, like, I love the Treehouse of Horror episode <laughs> right. that it uh, spawned. Yeah, yeah, well, this has a tree of horror in it, so. Yeah. Sad house. You're good. Thank you so much for listening this week on Rewatchability. As always, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter. 
if you don't have any money to throw us a, a dollar or three dollars to get the podcast early every month That's on Patreon.com, <laughs> or do you want to use your money for like things that you want oh, to I mean, use your money for? Oh, I mean, just as long as you have a dollar or three dollars. Yeah, you, yeah, if it's your only dollar, please don't spend it on us. No. But if you can't do that and you like the podcast, then please just tell a friend about it. Spread the word. Yeah. Maybe uh, share one of our posts or uh, or retweet us. That would be really great. Just talk about us to your TV. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, exactly. If there's no friends in this dimension you want to tell, then you can tell them the next. That'd be great. We're big on the astral plane. <laughs> you can get some T-shirts at tpublic.com. Uh, James done some great drawings there. And you can also go to our live show. It's going to be on uh, November November 3rd. 3rd. We're doing Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, live at the Hot Docs Ted Rogers Theater in Toronto. We're going to be doing a bunch of trivia up front. We're going to be having some some laughs, and then we're going to actually have great laughs watching the movie uh, with everyone uh, in kind of a midnight ma- madness style. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. So check that out at Hot Docs in Toronto, 7 p.m., November 3rd. And thanks so much for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.